Hi, and welcome to the Pride Road Architects podcast. I'm Lisa, Lisa Rains, and each episode I'll talk to people who interest me in the world of architecture and business. So join me and fellow lions and lionesses as we explore architecture in the den. So hi everyone and welcome to a bright early Monday morning. Um, maybe this is a bit too early to do a podcast, but who knows. <laughs> um, and I'm delighted to welcome Sophia Armin. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, I'm Zafir. Uh, I'm an architectural assistant at DRMM uh, in London, uh, and I'm studying my part two at the London School of Architecture. Uh, and I guess even more recently, I'm now a student rep for the IRBA Council. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> is it fantastic? I don't know. Is it fantastic? How's it, it going? It started. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, we've only really had um, like one in-person meeting so far. Just done a bit of like a, a hybrid, um, like Zoom introduction, and then yeah, a physical like meeting. Last so week. is that so? You're on the council now, as to yeah, student. as a student rep. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. And how many student reps are there? Uh, there's two currently yeah so how many people are sitting on council at the moment i think it's actually quite large i was actually quite surprised when i <laughs> went in person there was i think around like 40 or so people it's very yeah big at the moment i think how did it feel because this will be the first time that you've um sort of gone in that capacity how did it feel walking into the riba <laughs> a little bit daunting because i think i've been before for like the bookshop and like the archives a while ago but not like to the main like event space so it's quite yeah uh quite a little bit daunting but it was yeah really nice to like be there and like yeah have your voice heard and be able to represent the students was yeah really nice brilliant and um who's president at the moment simon olford doesn't simon olford yeah but uh, it's just the handover year so Muyua is like joining as this is the year that goes over to him so that so was that his first meeting as well correct there was everybody's everybody that got nominated in the summer um it was yeah all of our first meetings oh that's quite nice so you're all kind of in it together and like a, there'll, there'll be quite a change going through the riba at the moment like a fresh uni cohort exactly mm, mm. i mean do you see it might be a bit early days um did anything productive come out of the meeting? Uh, I think this meeting in particular was, um, I guess, more aimed at people that were already there. So I guess everybody that was due was kind of just following, trying to like get the general gist of like how they're run. Um, so there wasn't, I guess, much uh, like handover and I guess new updates. It was more like, yeah, a regular meeting um, for everybody else. I think they'd been there before. Right, right. So any gossip? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Not, <really. laughs> Not yet. Now we're on the podcast going out live. <laughs> Any gossip? <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. I'm quiet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no, it was, yeah, it was a good meeting. I think, uh, yeah, it was just like lots of stuff. I think I just need also wrap my head around because, yeah, it is still super early days. I think we technically started our, um, 
yeah like term on council literally like September so it's been like what is the middle yeah it's been like a month basically mm. so yeah I still sort of come to terms with like all the policies even the procedural like side of it which I, I guess you're never really exposed to as a student and so why did you what <clears throat> why did you stand uh I think like personally I feel quite passionate about social justice in general and I found myself I guess in activism like quite a lot in different like means so I was joined ACAN for a while um, and I was in the education group uh, and then within my practice I was quite like vocal about starting like an EDI group uh, mm -hmm. to kind of get things more I guess up to a higher standard in the profession but also just checking the stuff in-house and then I thought yeah the, I guess the most natural step was to also try and see if it could like improve the situation like through the RIBA I think um, like part one and part two salaries or something especially that I'm like very like yeah vocal want to see I guess um, reformed a little bit so I think the RIBA was like the I guess ideal vessel to hopefully do that. Interesting what's ACAM? Uh, the Architecture Climate Work uh, Architects Climate Action Network um, yeah. it like formed uh, after Extinction Rebellion like originally it's like yeah. There's architects declare, which is like, I guess the practice equivalent. So like architecture practices um, sign up and pledge and there's, um, they donate money or help with running events and like sharing like knowledge. But then for individuals, there's ACAN. So uh, that's actually, it's quite large. There's a few hundred, if not thousand people in that organization because it's uh, volunteer based. So lots of people like do it in their spare time. It's not obviously uh, paid or yeah. Um, a full nine to five um and then there's a few like working groups that work on different things so there's like decarbonization uh, education which is what i was in um uh what else is there there's like things about policy um and then yeah through that they like also do things with the riba and um, architects declare and so on cool so so you were saying offline before um so you're a student at London School of Architecture in your final year and also working as well. Yes. So um, how's and you're sort of um, obviously involved in the RIBA and these various other groups. Um, so um, logistically, how how much time are you working in practice this year? So, so it's part as part of a LSA model in your first year of master's so last year you it's like compulsory to work three days in practice a week so the timetable it's technically a full-time course it's just um structured in such a way that you have three days blocked out for work so last year um I spent Monday and Tuesday in uni and then Wednesday to Friday was in practice mm. and then this year it's reversed but non- compulsory to work so we spend that Wednesday to Friday in uni and then you have Monday or Tuesday free to work if you want so a few I think maybe about I'd say 50% maybe of my year is working one or two days this year but mm -hmm. there's also a lot of people who opted not to work this year because and so what are you doing uh, one day at the moment yeah oh, just okay yeah. so the other day I do like RIBA and other like side things and right. you work <laughs> Right. And is it paid with the practice work? 
yeah it is yeah yeah that's that's i think part of the part of the model is that it helped because you can even do like salary sacrifice to like help pay for your masters or you can obviously use it for living expenses so that's right. the big like and how long point. does it extend the, the length of the course or is uh, it- not at all it, it's still two years it's just oh. that's, it's just like shifted um yeah so like all our unions like condensed into like whole days and then we have yeah it sounds like a really good model yeah it is it's really it's still really new so I think we are the seventh cohort right it's only the seventh year that's um had it and how how do you find working and studying at the same time uh good but intense I think last year was quite a lot because especially when your um five days are kind of blocked out it leaves not that much room to do the work if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like because you're in uni uh two and in practice three you only really have outside of work hours or the weekend to mm. actually produce the work so that was a bit so that was why this year lots of people like saved one day to at least do the work with the weekend yeah. um but I think it has like a lot of benefits like if nothing else you also have like your foot in the door which is a good like reason lots of people stay lots of people yeah. myself included were already working in the practice before full-time and then you transition to three days a week did you find people kind of getting burnt out or burnt out yeah I think it did happen a lot I think that's why lots of people like over summer either like stopped working or took like like myself included took like almost three months like on holiday just to like yeah like get step away for a little bit and then and because I mean I was talking um at Liverpool John Moores and we had a symposium on the well-being in architecture and even without Mm. working we were talking about the culture of you know kind of badge of honor um all-nighters and stuff like that I can imagine that happening more in that model I think I think there are two extremes I think yes and no I think there are some that definitely like it happens but I think also and maybe for me personally working gets you into like a, a kind of routine and that's why I also wanted to stay like it's kind of like I'm used to I guess starting at nine and ending like six seven so like yeah. trying to like uh, allocate certain amounts yeah. of time to finish and then yeah. sign out for the day so but, but you find yourself doing uni work on the days that you've been working in practice uh you- last year last year definitely like I think yeah. it was like a no-brainer to have to Go yeah, exactly spent which I think is yeah a little bit exhausting but yeah it does yeah. make up for it in other ways so it's yeah. um yeah no that that balance seems um seems quite intense really <laughs> great <A> idea <laughs> until you start kind of looking into it yeah no it is good it's like it's similar to like what I guess Sheffield Collaborative does um with uh um like four days in practice in first oh, year I sorry think. what who uh, the Sheffield Collaborative right. it's like the yeah. model that Sheffield does for working okay. and it's also like um, you spend four days a week working in first year yeah. one day a week remote in Sheffield and then you transition fully to a full-time student in Sheffield in your second year because mm. that's also a two-year course so it's a little bit similar but um, I guess a bit more London London focused for this one. And, sorry is that for your part twos or for your part ones? Oh, no part two it's the same it's like the London School of Architecture it's a two-year course but you spend a good few days working oh, in first year. Cool and I'm, I'm, do you think this is the best model or do you think there's an alternative model? Uh, I'm not sure about the I'm not sure what the right answer to that is I'm not sure if it's the best model <laughs> yeah. but I think but I think it is a better model because again yeah there are just there are a lot of positives for 
I think even like getting different kinds of feedback and getting like help from like people that you work with and just the second opinion I think is like invaluable um mm -hmm. sometimes just to step away for a bit to like not have to think about uni but still in the general like mm -hmm. discipline do something else and then you come back to your work refreshed but also like maybe with fresh ideas because you've seen something or you're working on something mm -hmm. um and lots of your uni work in first year is like quite tied to your practice so you have modules um like called critical practice where you're supposed to write a 3000 word document which kind of aligns with the interests of your practice and what kind of stuff they do yeah so it is quite interwoven to hope to try and help that so does that lead in it sounds like it leads quite nicely into your part threes then yeah i think that that's part of the reason like some of our modules this year as well are like um to learn about yeah um like doing case studies and writing like mm -hmm. um frameworks is like to be a, a smaller gap between part two and part three so does lsa run a part three course as well uh, at the moment it's solely a part two but they are looking at doing like even a part one and like a part three and uh, mm. in the future but yeah it's still quite um new so at the moment it's is just it a just part a part two. two course then oh okay just yeah. and it's just been going for seven years correct yeah mm, very yeah. good where, where did you do your part ones uh manchester ah i think i i think i you gave a talk actually when i was an undergrad you came and spoke so <laughs> ah so you know my stepson <laughs> yes Ale alexander wallace <laughs> yes he's the year he's the year below me yeah right right did you take a couple of years oh no wasn't he in the same year as you uh, i took two years out between uh, part one and part two right okay yeah 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 because he's in the same year as you now at manchester yes uh, <laughs> it's a small world it's a very small world <laughs> especially in manchester i find like there are so many people that i just keep meeting from yeah. there Oh, that's really funny that's and why did you choose manchester uh i think i wanted a bit of a change because i'm like from the london area already mm -hmm. so i wanted to kind of i guess like try something else and i went and i went and visited quite a few when they had the open day i think like mm. the facilities and just the place in general jumped out quite mm. a bit and i got to speak to some of the prospective students who I ended up like being in my course as well um and it was just yeah, a really like, nice environment. So it was, yeah, I think it was quite a, a definite decision when I picked Manchester. And, and But then London was calling you back. And then, yeah, I think originally when I finished my part one, I expected to work in London and then come back maybe to Manchester. But mm -hmm. um, I guess COVID happened during work. So then things got a bit messy. And then, um, and then I thought maybe it was just like nice to also try something a bit different since I'd already mm -hmm. done three years there. I thought it was a good opportunity to, because how many courses do you get to technically go to three different universities? So I was like, it's a good chance to yeah do something different. And then when I saw the LSA model, I realized I could continue working. So so was it easy to get a job in London for your part after after your part ones, your first year around? Uh, not maybe not easy, but I, I got a job. Yeah, I was at Hawkins Brown before for my first um, part one in London. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then after a year, that's when I changed to DRMM. So how how hard was it to get into Hawkins Brown? Uh, it was 
quite hard, but we also did have a few um, like connections there from uh, the school, like our unit in Manchester had some like past graduates and people who came to speak to us from Hawkins Brown. So like at the end of year show and things like that, we, we had lots of like conversations with right. well, quite a few people in general, but also there was quite a few from Hawkins Brown. So, so it sounds like it's kind of like a networking, you kind of using your connections that you've got to try and yeah, get. And I think that's also to be fair, the, the like principle of the LSA so that you also get, um, introduced to quite a few people in practice so that by the time you leave you've already been working in one practice and you'll have had conversations with your friends who all work in different practices as well so you would have quite a big network by the time you leave yeah so it's all it's all about networking isn't it yeah I think it is uh, fundamental yeah trying to get into into jobs and stuff yeah Yeah, because I think the hard like from all the people that I I guess I know and I've spoken to people have quite a like almost a higher success rate once you get like to interviews and things like that but actually even getting to that stage is really difficult because so mm. many people apply and yeah. then there's like a massive filter before you're interviewed and even like seen but having yeah. those connections sometimes yeah helps just even know, even if a job is open sometimes is mm. which sounds really simple but sometimes you're not even aware of that but I mean it sounds like kind of the things that you've been involved with it it just helps you step up helps you stand out I know Alexandra as well was involved in the student society uh, organized debates you know and it and it it really helps because you're kind of forced you're pushed to meet those industry professionals you know on because you're organizing a, a debate you have to meet the industry you know you have to meet someone from an industry so um no it's a really good really good thing to do um cool as i say it's a monday morning (laughs) (laughs) the sun's actually coming in it's an autumn autumnal day it did look a bit uh, pessimistic this morning but it's yeah it's improved a little bit (laughs) yeah so how was your weekend (laughs) yeah it was really good thank you yeah i just did little bits of work because we have a review this week at uni Um, but then also did yeah some socializing and saw some friends before winter fully uh, comes upon us <laughs> <laughs> before winter winter is coming it really is it's freezing already i <laughs> know oh, i've got my I've got my big wrap on <laughs> yeah i was on i was on my narrow boat that does sound uh, chilly <laughs> <laughs> chilly and chilled very chilled yeah oh, nice. so it's kind of nice to Takes it away. Out. Yeah, really important. So, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Oof. In five years' time, hopefully, I'll have qualified. Hopefully, I'll go towards the, <laughs> ta- the tail end of that. Uh, I'd like to be qualified, but um, I think I'd also like to get maybe some international experience. I think it's quite high on my agenda because I guess, similar to the reason I went to Manchester, I was very, I guess, yeah, like London focused before. Mm. And now that I've had some experience in Manchester, a bit more broader, but I think I am missing, yeah, a lot of inter- like international work or even just international experience, I think would be quite... Anywhere in particular? Uh, it's quite far, but South America maybe, because I have lots of my undergraduate friends um, are from Ecuador and we have like a few potential like things that we might work on over there, like Peru or 
um, yeah, or even Ecuador. So I might try looking somewhere over there, maybe. Wow. Okay. That sounds pretty exciting. Very, very far. <laughs> and what, why not when you're young? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Un unlimited commitments. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went off. I, I worked in New York after I'd uh, graduated. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it just helps to like, even just like, even if I end up back in the UK, just to, like help round your stuff out, I think, and just like, yeah. Because it's, like, it's a little bit, I felt very, yeah, now, especially now, very narrowly focused to London and London yeah. like architecture, whereas I, this is very blurry outside of that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I from Manchester. I'm from Manchester originally, then I studied in Leeds and mm. then I did my part twos down at Bartlett. Nice. So, but then there was a drawback to Manchester because my networks were in Manchester, whereas it sounds like it was the other way around. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's got London, went to Manchester, the connections. Yeah, right, so. and then once you've, and I, I was in a, I was in a, a design-led practice in Manchester and burnt out and it was like, after I'd done my part threes and it was like, right, where do I go from here? And um, I kind of I'd come back from London, so I didn't want to go down to London again. And I thought, where do I go? Well, York, obviously. Exciting <laughs> opportunity. Yes. Yeah, Very but cool. this was in the days before emails. Oh yeah, fair enough. Internet, so I had to set it all up via fax and letters. Very impressive. Yeah. Wow. And phone calls. That is definitely a lost skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but we did it. We did it. So, um, cool. Is there anything that you wanted to ask about me or Pride Road? I guess the franchise model that you have is really interesting. And I mm. guess maybe I had some, because I've not actually, I don't think I've heard of it anywhere else. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure I've come across it before. I don't know if it's, was it relatively oh, new? I came to, to university to talk. Correct. <laughs> literally yeah I don't think I've come across uh, but even then I don't think since I've come across any other models are you mm. do you know of any other like franchise models like you that operate um I think there are there are a couple um architect your home was mm -hmm. one I don't know whether it's still going it was a slightly different model it was much more it was higher end whereas mine is um sort of targeted at the lower end of the market so you know it's more egalitarian and accessible mm -hmm. uh, which means that it stacks up in more places around the country rather than just like the super rich hotspots um, and also it means um, that more people are um, can access the skills of an architect rather than just the super rich mm -hmm. so you know kind of like my ambition would be to kind of like sit alongside you know Tesco's or John Lewis or you know Asda or whatever you know kind of um you know how you have like um pharmacists or opticians in um in Tesco <clears throat> you know imagine if they had architects you know so you could just go in and go mm. actually do with the skill of, I need a skill of an architect to help me on a on a project mm. yeah no that it's, a, it's a really interesting model sorry so no, it is a really interesting model. I was just, mm. yeah, I just, I guess, curious how it's why it's not maybe more of a thing. I that's um, I th I think um, historically architects have been um, 
you know, sort of just very kind of single-minded about the type of practice that they run, the kind of white male and pale sort of hierarchical practice. And, you know, when I looked at the practice that I wanted to org wanted to run, um, you know, the, the, they were the um, exemplars that I was looking at and went, mm -mm, that's mm -hmm. not working for me. So it was, you know, trying to do something different I think it's definitely becoming I think there are so many uh, different models of practice that are definitely emerging from like people with similar views of like this is not what I want to get myself into I think there's um, like a different model which is yeah like more even egalitarian as you said or just yeah, better opportunities for other people so mm. I think it's definitely becoming more like widespread the ways of getting into different practices mm. <clears throat> yeah I mean for me it was about sort of like limitations once you start having those commitments and family you know you haven't got you know sort of 70 80 90 hours in the week to work you know you have to be working a you know 35 37 hour week and that's it so it's about learning how to do that time time management and it's such a yeah an issue in the profession in general about working uh, like double your hours in a week is, uh, yes yeah so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> a difficult but painfully common mm, mm. it sounds like you might have increased your workload by being student <laughs> rep on the council <laughs> it's true but that's to hopefully make it a little bit better for students at least for like pay sake i think um yeah it's just it's just the salary guidance i think which is quite a crucial issue almost because mm -hmm. because it's like because it's reflective so it's like it just is a set of data which shows what practices last year were paying at least mm -hmm. from the LSA's perspective I did a lot of practices um like use it as a referral for how much I should pay people the following year based on what they've historically seen which I think is part of the issue so it's very stagnating especially because you're just looking at last year's figures and being like mm -hmm. there we go I'll pay the number that I see in front of me Mm -hmm. so hopefully that can change a little bit cool so how long's your term on council for uh it's for three years because um yeah i think because of your students it's supposed to in theory run like in the blocks but it's up to three years from mm. now great well good luck with it all and thank, thank you very much <laughs> coming on the podcast oh do not worry <laughs> And um, if you post, yeah, you'll send me if your bio, we'll put all the details mm -hmm. in the uh, description. So thank yes. you for coming on. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs>